Welcome back to Fits and Starts, episode number 16. We have Adam Wavin on the uh, on the show today. Daniel, you want to introduce your, your friend Adam? Uh, if you are one of the two to 300 people who started listening to this podcast because of the Matt Stauffer episode, you already know who Adam <laughs> Wavin is. Uh, Adam Wavin is, so is a, a luminary of the Laravel world. Not just Laravel, but mm-hmm. uh, he's really well known in the Laravel world. He is a professional programmer uh, and a programming educator. Uh, so he has a ebook about uh, refactoring to collections. He has a test-driven development screencast series that he sells, which is really, really good, probably the best. Um, and uh, he is working on a software as a service uh, called Kitetail that's a payment service, and he also has a podcast of his own called Full Stack Radio, which is also excellent, so recommend all of those things. Uh, but yeah, he's a guy who used to work for Titan, where I work now. And uh, he left a couple months before I joined. Has has since become a rock star. Really, really has. He's really taken off in a big way. And lest uh, any listeners be uh, afraid that uh, this turns into a conversation <clears throat> that's just about programming, I am your advocate on this show. I am I am uh, the layperson's advocate on uh, fits and starts. So we actually got uh, some really interesting perspective from him on the things that I was really curious about, which is how he's you know works primarily in public and. Uh, had does some really interesting things like, you know, uh, every time he has tips and tricks and tools uh, about what he's learning, he immediately shares it with the community and uh, works on a lot of open source stuff and just is a very open person. And uh, interestingly, the new project that he's working on, he actually screencasts uh, everything that he's doing to show people how he's building it as he's building it, which I just think is a fascinating uh, way to work. So we, we, we get into that as well. And then we finally uh, introduce at the end, uh, our first ever rapid fire session. We're going to start doing this with, uh, with guests going forward. We, uh, we, 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 you know, we gather up all the questions that we didn't get time for, uh, and, uh, just hammer, hammer away for a few minutes. Um, is there anything else? You moved to Asheville. I moved to Asheville. Here I am. Here I am in Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. It's a really wonderful place full of, uh, full of hippie people and, uh, counterculture and recently a lot of rich people as well. Um, there are little cutesy stores hmm. that sell everything from, uh, friendly knickknacks to uh very large glass bottles of beer called growlers growler there are lots and lots of microbreweries there are lots of lots of good foods friend of the show drew campbell uh who is a legitimate friend of the show drew campbell once said to me he said you know Asheville, north carolina is the city in america that has the highest number of voluntarily unemployed people Uh, and i think that that is a true statement yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay, well, cool. Let's get to it. So you worked at Titan right up until the time that I worked at Titan. So you quit you quit probably a month before I joined or something something really close to that. Yeah, um, June I, 2016, I think. Okay, so it was like 2 months before I came on. Um and I actually Slack messaged you in the Lara chat <laughs> Slack channel right before I took the job and was like, "Hey, uh do I want this job? Like I think I want this job, <laughs> but can you tell me if I actually want this job?" And you I remember gave me some very 
some very good insight and we never really overlapped but like the the echoes of adam lathan at titan were definitely you know still reverberating when i got there <laughs> that seems like a pretty good strategy is uh talk talk, talk to ex-employees and, and gauge their disgruntledness that's a pretty good uh pretty good way to, to yeah. figure out if you want to have a job or not for sure yeah so you quit titan because your book took off basically right yeah, so uh, my book was doing really well, and I had this idea for this testing course, which is what I always wanted to do from the, the get-go. I did the book sort of as like a smaller project that I thought I could get out the door faster and get kind of my feet wet with the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, creating your own stuff and selling it online. Uh, so when the book did really well and kind of uh, gave me enough capital to be able to spend the time to do the course, I thought, you know, I, I better do this now because this is probably the best chance I'm going to get, so... So you've done programming in public for a long time, right? So you've been sort of talking about code in public. Now you're starting to switch to talk about uh, like building products in public a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm interested in that because it almost seems like the audience for that is like of your original audience, it's a smaller audience, right? Because only a certain percentage of professional programmers need to know how to build and market a product, right? Yeah. Um, but outside of programmers there's a much bigger audience of people who need to learn to build and market a product. Are you planning on like talking to those people at all? Or are you, are you focusing on the overlap of like people who are programmer, who are programmers and who are building their own products and talking about marketing? Like you've changed the format of your podcast, full stack radio to be more about like launching products with you and David. Um, And you know, you wrote that big blog post about sort of your book launch and, I'm sure that did really well because um, people love to see numbers. But yeah. uh, so how is how's what you're talking about in public? Are you how's that changing who you're talking to? You know, you you sort of attract an audience based on uh, whatever you talk about. And I think there's just a lot of value in sharing and talking about whatever it is that you're working on or, or interested in. And if people find that interesting and they stick around and pay attention to to more stuff that you're talking about, um, that's, that's great. So I've always thought it was a good idea to, to be as public as possible with things. Like that's how you build an audience and that's how you build a reputation. And I think like an audience and especially an audience that, um, you know, trusts you and has gotten a lot of value from you, uh, is the best advantage you can ever have in terms of, uh, being able to like create and sell, uh, your own stuff. It sounds kind of skeezy, I guess, um, when you put it that way, but (laughs) yeah, but it is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. Like, um, I think it it matters a lot to be doing it like for the right reasons. Like I enjoy sharing stuff and going on streams and interacting with people and like sharing tidbits of code or little tricks and stuff, uh, just because, you know, it's fun and people, seem to enjoy it and get value from it and it makes me feel good when i see that someone's excited about something that i shared you know what i mean so it's sort of this like um cyclical sort of self-feeding positive experience and then on top of that there's just this huge benefit of being able to say you know i've created all this free stuff and given a lot of value to people and they think that uh you know they appreciate the stuff that i've done and they've learned a lot and they think I'm cool or whatever. And then when I create something um, that's like some sort of premium product that I need to sell to be able to, to make a living, um, I have a bigger audience of people to, to share that with. And then people who, you know, really 
think they'll get value from that stuff, more value than what it costs for them to buy it or happy to buy it. And they're happy with what they get and I get to keep doing it for a living. So um, that ends up just kind of working out really well. And I think being public with things is the absolute kind of most important uh, ingredient to that for me. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think those people, like if you build an audience that you trust that really values you, those people want you to make some money, you know, like those people want to pay so you true. for something, right? Because those people, you know, have followed you for years and they like, they want to see you do well and they want you to be able to have the time to do the thing yeah. that they care about, right? And sure. so if, if you had to, you know, spend eight hours a day building, you know, stock trading software or something for for you know some financial company or something then all of that code is behind a wall and they don't get access to it so those people want you to be writing code in public because that's the code they want to see for sure i think it's totally fascinating i I had never heard of uh someone building something with that much transparency before and i'm just imagining if i was a young programmer right now trying to find tools trying to find guidance and uh, being able to watch you build something in real time and talk really transparently about it that just seems like a completely invaluable resource i think it's interesting too because it's like that applies across all sort of categories of interests you know i mean when i was uh, Mm. way more into music and uh, audio engineering for a living i used to love seeing like videos of bands like recording in the studio and like trying to pick up little tips and tricks behind the scenes or people love watching like behind the scenes stuff for movies and seeing how special effects are done or, you know, different things like that. Like there's just this whole element of being able to kind of see how things are done related to anything that, that people are just, you know, people really enjoy checking out. So, um, I think it applies uh, just as much in something like programming and creating software as it does in something like the film industry or the audio industry. I think that's part of why podcasts are so uh, effective is that you can get people in to just talk really candidly about what they're doing. And and I I do think there's something, it's something that uh, businesses by their very nature are not really inclined to do, right? When you have a whole organization of uh, intelligent people working on something and they have a bunch of competitors, they're not really inclined to put this kind of content out for free. Uh, But as an individual, it works really, really well for you. Well, I think it works better than people think it will for almost any situation. Like if you read like the rework book by 37 signals, now Basecamp, they actually like talk about this. And the example they give is, Hmm. you know, you have someone um, who's like a famous chef or something, you know what I mean? Like Jamie Oliver or something. He's famous because he has like recipe books and cooking shows and stuff Hmm. like that, where he teaches you how to do things his way. But I bet you his restaurants where you can go there and buy food that you didn't make based on the things that you learn, you know, through his stuff that he puts out there, um, do better than the restaurants of someone who doesn't give away all their secrets. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't think, mm. uh, I think that's kind of like a paranoid thing that people worry about. I mean, certainly there are situations where like you have some truly secret sauce that you can't divulge or whatever, but I think people should be more willing to, uh, to kind of give a peek behind the curtain than they are a lot of the time. Skype call recorder has, uh, has done a doozy on us a few times. Hello. Hello. Digga, digga, digga. I guess we don't do video. No problem. John is crawling out of his cave to do this podcast. I like, I like Ontario a lot. Yeah, it's fine. It's 
not uh, it's nothing much to look at. Uh, pretty boring uh, sure. geographically, but uh, yeah, it's nice. Um, it I'm seems really like being so, if, if I if oh sorry. Oh, edit point. Hello, edit point. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that sounds fine. Got back into my bedroom, feeling really fresh. You have such a different way of infusing energy into your life than I do. I use a uh, audio hijack. Uh huh. I clean and then I run and then I have a, a a happy body and a happy house and a clean house, a happy house. You know, so it's uh, it was good. <laughs> you really took your mom's ducks in a row thing to heart. I'm really interested in because this kind of ties in. I've worked at companies before. Titan's the first company where I feel like. I've been encouraged to like be super honest in public, you know, mm-hmm. um, companies I've worked at before, like I even had weird things where like my boss would like prefer that I was on the phone instead of on a video standup. So the people couldn't tell that I was, cause I was like 23 at the time and he yeah. wanted to make it, he wanted to sell it. Like I was like an older, like, you know, this is our director of, of development, you know? And like, it yeah. was, a, it was a whole thing and it was just kind of, Sometimes it gets a little bit skeezy, um, the the how you sell your company versus what your company is, right? And I I almost always will trust a company more if they're if they're showing me how they do their work, you know? Yeah. But this is the first year where I'm like making a concerted effort to like not be scared of doing things in public, you know? Mm-hmm. And this podcast was. My basically this the reason we started this podcast was like no one's going to listen to this, but at least it will be practice for me having opinions on the record, which is something that I'm like instinctively terrified of, sure. right? Because if you put an opinion on the record in public and it turns out that you're wrong, then you're just an ass who had a bad idea, you know, in public. And I think so, you. I think you are totally their way. Well, that's that's <laughs> definitely the case. But <laughs> but uh, this podcast started as like practice for me. Um, not being scared of talking in public, you know, of, of having like my ideas and my instincts be public. Um, was there like, did you have that transition? Like, was there a point where you were like, I have all these ideas. I don't want to talk about them in public. And then you realize that like the internet won't kill you. Uh, I don't know if there was like a specific, um, moment or anything. I've always tried to be like very, involved in like communities and stuff and all the different kind of topics I've been passionate about throughout uh, my life and shared anything that I could as soon as I started to feel confident that I like had something figured out um, Mm -hmm. you know I would share it the biggest like piece of advice I guess I could give for people who want to be like public with opinions and stuff but are afraid that maybe their opinions are wrong or they're going to get backlash or or whatever is I think we have a tendency to to want to impress like our peers um, and you want to put out opinions and ideas and content that make the people that you admire admire you you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if mm-hmm. I could write a blog post and have DHH be like this was like really insightful like I learned a lot from this like wow that's like the ultimate you know what I mean um, mm-hmm. but it's hard to do that sort of thing because you're constantly terrified. Instead, what I think people should be focusing on is teaching the people that are coming up behind them. You know what I mean? Sure. Instead of trying to uh, impress like your peers, just try to impress six month ago you, um, <laughs> because there's a million other six month ago yous out there. Um, so 
it's it's kind of like uh, unintuitive, but the things that you should most likely be sharing or writing about are things that uh, are not even really that interesting to you anymore because you mm. feel like you figured it out. And those are the things that you have the best odds of being able to, um, you know, share in a way that you're least likely to be wrong. Because as soon as it's uninteresting to you anymore, then it's not controversial to you anymore and you're most likely just right. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that's interesting. That's super. That's really interesting advice. That re- reminds me of, I think we might have talked about this on the show in the past, but I heard uh, one one guy from a band that I really like, he said he, when he would get stuck creatively, he would he would be like, I wonder what like Nirvana would put out right now if they put out an album this year and then would try to like kind of like write that uh, to like satisfy his own kind of like fanmanship. Uh, And then Uh that the thing that he would create in that sort of creative space would, would end up being like the thing that satisfied him, which I thought was a really interesting idea. It's sort of that same idea of go impress the uh, six month ago. You Uh, go, 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 go fulfill the need that you actually felt personally. And that's probably going to end up being helpful or impressive to other people. It's really interesting. Yeah. I I saw a tweet like a, this was a months ago, but Patrick McKenzie, uh, who's Patio Eleven on Hacker News and Twitter, is kind of like a, a semi-famous dude there. Uh, he he said something like, "We need more people um, teaching like what they learned yesterday," um, which I think is interesting too, because there's a a lot of the time like you'll learn something and figure it out, and uh, you sort of forget like what it took to like cross the bridge to get there. Like I run into situations a lot where I'm trying to figure something out, but I don't even know what the right words are to look for to solve that problem. Mm. And then mm. eventually you find those words and now you find all this information online that, you know, is talking about it. Um, but the version of you that didn't know the terminology uh, or whatever struggled to find this stuff. And then as soon as you find it, you forget that it was so hard to find. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunities for people to, to figure out like, okay, like what, what was it that I was like trying to learn and why was it hard for me to find this information and how can I like create the bridge for someone else who's looking for what I was looking for and not finding the right answers because that's not how anyone else talks about it. Yeah. And it it seems like that, like there's lots of times where if I spend two hours on something uh, and it turns out to be super easy, I feel like that shouldn't have been hard. Right. And I'm an idiot for making it so complicated or for uh-huh. taking so long to find the the little nugget that was at the center of it. Um, and so I feel a little bit embarrassed sharing this thing because my thought is, oh, well, obviously everyone already knows this. It's really, really simple. It just took me a long time to get to the really simple thing when actually yeah, that's never the true. reason <laughs> it took me so long to get there is because <laughs> no one shared that really simple thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so like. A perfect example is that one, you helped me with this one problem. You hopped on screen here with me and it was like an issue with uh, like, uh, it was like Global Composer was taking over uh, Mix or something. And uh, it was like this really weird problem where we dug in and it was just something that I had never even sort of conceptualized. And at the end of it, I just felt stupid uh, because like, it was like, oh, this is like a really obvious problem that like. You know, if you just think logically for five seconds, it totally makes sense. Um, but when you're in it, it's it's the most frustrating thing in the world. 
Hmm. It's like it's almost like the only ROI you can get on those two hours you wasted finding the simple solution is to give it away to someone else, right? Like the only yeah. way that you can like you can gain back that time is to save other people that time. Yeah, for sure. I ran into something like that like a couple of weeks ago. I learned that you can JSON encode things that are not just arrays or standard classes. Um, and it's huh. like I assume that everybody knows this, but be, like that's my instinct. But because I I didn't know it, I know that there's people who didn't know <laughs> that I can do JSON encode on null, and it gives me back null wrapped in quotes so that it's Whoa. safe to use to uh, to echo that into JavaScript code. To some people, it would look really absurd that some dude who claims to be selling and creating like a world class TDD course right. didn't know that you could JSON encode true. You know what I sure. mean? Um, yeah. But I'm not embarrassed to to share that on Twitter and then get you know 200 people being like, "Holy crap, this is crazy! I didn't know you could do that either." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. So I was talking to somebody who was a quarterback and it was saying that his his coach had told him, you know, your your whole job is to like understand every play and every detail of every play and to study playbooks all day. So if at any point during practice you feel confused like immediately flag it because if you're confused, that means like at least 40 other people are confused. <laughs> uh, but I think about that a lot cause I've started to ask uh, a lot of dumb questions. And every time I ask a question that I think is dumb, like a couple other people around me always nod and they're like, yeah, I actually didn't understand that either. Uh, it's such a, it's such a, it feels like that's a pretty uh, healthy way to, to go about things. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. We used to run into that with client projects a lot. Like um, sometimes you'd be a, a feel embarrassed to ask the client a question about like something that you don't understand because you don't want them to think that you're stupid. But if you don't, then you're going to waste a week building the wrong thing or not really knowing what you're doing. So it's just better to ask every single so-called dumb question, you know, because you never know like what other people know or don't know. And, and you might, I mean, the most dangerous thing that I think people do is like assume they understand something. Um, Like I've run into that a lot where I sort of, I feel like I can sometimes see in conversations between other people when I know someone's telling someone something and I can see that they're interpreting it differently than the person is saying it to them, but neither side of the conversation realizes that this is happening. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. On my other podcast, on my other podcast, 20% time, me and Caleb were talking. I forget exactly what we were talking about. But when I listen back to the podcast, there's about 30 seconds where we're talking about two completely different things to each other. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, no, that doesn't work. And he's like, totally works. That's like the whole premise of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's just talking by each other's heads. It's like an exercise in misunderstanding. Boom shakalaka. I did I did vocal exercises before the uh, before the uh, before the show today. People who like to make fun of corporate BS, but also have three things they need to circle back on by EOD. Uh, I this is something that's come up on the show before, but my memory is just shot. I'm just gonna be like, hey, have you heard of our show? And everyone who has heard of our show, I'm gonna give them a big old kiss on the forehead. Mwah! Wow, I've never been on a flight like this before. This is a big party. Ugh, I'm I'm done. So I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe it was kind of a big ruse. We're going to have like a, a kiss level like public feud in a couple years. Me and you. Whenever you run out of energy. God, you're so passive aggressive. I can't stand you. I cannot wait to sue you. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure where all this aggression is coming from. Uh, I can't wait to sue you. Yeah. 
I'm just yeah. In, so in just drop me that GarageBand file whenever you get a chance. You. You're the worst. We gotta let you go here in a second. Um, couple couple quick things. Sure. Uh, you gonna buy an iMac Pro? Uh, not for at least a couple years. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be <laughs> so expensive in Canada. It's a five thousand oh, dollar yeah. computer. Yeah. <laughs> They're so sexy though. Honestly, the only thing that could have made me like want to buy it is if they made the screen bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still only mm-hmm. a 27 inch screen. So if it was like a 34 inch screen, I would order one at the end of the year and pay like the $8,000 Canadian for it. How much do you work? I usually work from like eight or nine every day till about four when my wife gets home from work. Um, okay. Yeah. And- it's, you seem incredibly productive and like it's, I always wonder like, is he like killing it until two in the morning every day? <laughs> I think um, uh, I think the only reason I seem productive is because literally every single thing I do is visible and public. Right. So there's sort of this assumption that like if I'm sharing two hours worth of work every day and other people who are working eight hours a day are sharing zero hours worth of work, how much work must I really be doing? Sure. It really sure, is sure. like I did two <laughs> hours of work today. <laughs> um, gotcha. Who do you like as far as... Uh, People who talk about sort of work and process and, you know, we, you know, we mostly talk about like work and life and kind of work-life balance and how you feel about your work and how sort of your work informs your, you know, your day-to-day existence. Who do you like talking about that? Who should we look into for the podcast? I think like probably some of the more interesting opinions that I see about like working at like a sustainable pace and getting a lot of things done efficiently and stuff are probably like the base camp guys still they have really strong opinions on um, mm-hmm. like this was actually a, a recent thing. I don't know if you've been following like the, the threads that were on Twitter at the end of last week, I think where it was like DHH and Jason freed arguing with this like VC dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw it. That DHH article was uh, we'll put that uh, link in the show notes. It was so good. And uh, actually we inside of our VC phone, we passed that around and actually had a pretty interesting internal discussion about it. Cause I think we pretty much agree with it. That was a, that was a really, uh, that was a really awesome post. I'm not a programmer, uh, but I just recently spent uh, a few months just digging in on like kind of like principles of programming and took a few online courses just because I wanted to understand, I wanted to have more of a, vocabulary for what's going on just because I spend time with programmers and I work in the tech industry and I wanted, I just, I wanted, basically I want to be less of a buffoon. Uh, and so (laughs) that was like a really valuable experience for me just, just from the angle of like building a vocabulary, but also then, uh, trying to think a little bit more like a programmer, trying to like kind of adopt those principles a little bit, especially from the perspective of of education. I'm curious if you think that more non-programmers should touch on this in school or after hours or wherever else. Do you you think it's important for non-programmers to kind of develop an understanding of of what's going on under the hood? I think there's a lot of value um, in learning like kind of, the ideas behind programming and, and not so much like programming as a concept on its own, but more just understanding like all the opportunities that there are in the work that people who aren't programmers do um, that could be simplified with automation. Um, so even when I hmm. used to work jobs that weren't programming jobs, just being like really, really good at Excel and understanding how to, you know, automate a lot of the things that I needed to do 
um, saved me tons of time and made my work more reliable and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like my wife, for example, works in HR and she's sitting in spreadsheets and stuff all day long. Um, she's doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, programming background or anything, but if she learned more about, you know, some of the, those basic concepts, uh, she would probably be able to save herself a lot of time with some of the sort of repetitive manual stuff that you have to do at work all the time. Uh, I've always looked for opportunities in any other jobs I ever had to, how can I like make something faster or simpler or more reliable or automated in some way? And it's always been like, uh, to my benefit big time. So I don't think like people necessarily should all learn how to be like a web developer or how to write software or anything like that. Uh, but understanding, you know, conditional logic or, uh, Mm. how to apply some transformation to like, you know, a column in Excel to automatically convert one piece of data to a different piece of data. I think just like understanding those underlying principles that kind of are the fundamentals of programming can help people do things that aren't programming jobs, if that makes sense. Yeah. Excel is such a great, uh, is such a great, uh, avenue for that. That's, that's, that's what, uh, Daniel and I've had some funny conversations about that just cause I, my most, uh, you know, about half of my job exists in Excel and we've, mm-hmm. we've been, been kind of pushing that to its limits. Uh, and I, I think I might need to switch over to, uh, databases sometime soon. <laughs> It's a, it's actually pretty amazing what you can do with Excel. I think uh, yeah. it gets like a bad rap in some ways, but I think it's like one of the most powerful and impressive and useful pieces of software ever created. I really love yeah, it. Th- I really love it. There's a reason it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 